I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and we are proud members of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. This week, we have Coach Steve Adamson joining us on the podcast, and he is going to share with us his philosophy on developing junior tennis players. And I think a lot of what he says will sound very familiar. If you've been a member of Parenting Aces for a while, you will recognize a lot of Steve's uh, kind of language around tennis development and how he approaches tennis with his young charges. But before we jump into getting Steve online, I want to just remind you, if you haven't already become a a premium member of Parenting Aces, we sure would love to have you join us. You can do that by going to ParentingAces.com and clicking on the join button. We have a few different options for you there. And also remind you that our shop is now open and ready for you to come shopping and buy our merch and show it off at your next junior event. Our premium members get free shipping every single day on our merch and in our shop. So please take advantage of that. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have your support any way that works for you and your family. We are here for you. We've got over 10 years of content on ParentingAces.com and the Parenting Aces podcast. So we are here to help and hope you'll take full advantage of all that we offer. All right. That said, let me introduce you to Steve Adamson. Steve grew up in Canada. He did not start out as a tennis player, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about his journey. But he is now coaching down in San Diego at one of our partners, Barnes Tennis Center. And I'm just so happy to have him on the podcast because, as I mentioned before, his philosophy on junior tennis development really does align very closely with mine, even though I'm not a coach, I'm a parent and I've been through this process and I've worked with lots of coaches over the years. So I'm really excited to have Steve with us and I'm going to just add him now. Let me unmute him. Steve Adamson, welcome to the pod. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And as you mentioned uh, before we went on, it's a little cloudy, little drizzly down in San Diego today. Same thing up here in Orange County, but, uh, uh, you know, Southern California can't complain too much. Exactly. So I mentioned in the intro that you didn't start as a tennis player. Can you talk a little bit about your sports experience prior to kind of happening upon the game of tennis. Yeah, I, as uh, I was mentioning to you before, I probably grew up as far from a tennis player as you could be. I grew up in Canada. Ice hockey was the only thing that I was interested in as a kid. Uh, I used to dress up in all my hockey equipment when I was like five years old and it was summertime. So it definitely, that was what I wanted to do. I used to watch all the hockey games and was followed it religiously. And uh, I grew up in a family with three older brothers and they all played sports, high school football, all the, they pole vaulted, played hockey all the way through. So uh, my family was definitely a sports family, but it definitely wasn't a tennis family. So that's something that we kind of, I got into very late, um, but uh, I ended up, you know, being very passionate about it. One of my older brothers started to play uh, some tennis and 
then I tried it and I really liked it. But it was definitely a, a late start. I don't think I played my first tournament till 12 or 13 years old. So, um, and I lost very badly. <laughs> <laughs> but to give the parents out there hope, I mean, the cool thing is, is that you went on to have a great college tennis career. You even played on the pro tour for a bit. And now you have a very successful career as a coach. Yeah, it's certainly uh, there's no race to get started in this sport for sure. I you, you hear a lot of people that you have to be playing by a certain age. And, and I really think that it's so important to have those fundamental skills as an athlete. Um, those really helped me when, you know, as I was playing and I, I'm not sure you know, there's definitely an argument, but I felt like when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I was super passionate and and really focused on really trying to achieve my goals. And I felt like I was kind of just on the upward swing, especially even going into college. I felt like I really improved a lot in college because I had a, a ton of passion. I didn't play a whole bunch as a kid. I mean, growing up in Canada, you know, we there's you have to get to indoor courts and it's expensive to to rent indoor courts and so there's it's you didn't play I certainly didn't play I mean a quarter of a lot of the time that other people have played so it was definitely catch up but um I felt like there was that passion there and that you know I hadn't like I wasn't sick of tennis I was quite the opposite I was just ready to go and and I kept seeing myself progress and and that I think really helps for these kids, you know, to, just to have the the passion. Um, I was just on the court yesterday with uh, one of my uh, students and I'm like, man, every time I come here, the thing that I love about training with you is that you've got this smile on your face all the time that you just love being out here. You work so hard, but you just love it. So whenever you lose that smile, it's you just it's not the right you're going in the wrong direction. Absolutely. It's it's just so important for these, you know, I have a a kid myself who plays tennis and, you know, they have to go on their own pathway. You know, it's not my pathway, it's their pathway. And you've got to enjoy playing. You've got to enjoy the process. It's such a long process. And, you know, I love it when I see kids that are like 17 and were, you know, not a top junior. And then they come up and they start winning matches. They grow a little bit, you know, they, and it's just great to see that happen because that's, you know, there, you don't need to be a superstar at nine. Right. (laughs) Right. And I, and I want to come back to this whole notion of um, the pathway issue. I, I love that you said, you know, for your kid, it's it's their pathway, not your pathway. And everybody's got to find their own. And I want to come back to that. But before before we get there, I want to just touch on this whole notion of developing the athlete first. And I, I would love to hear your thoughts on what you learned from your childhood years of playing hockey that you feel like helped you once you did start playing tennis and realize that you had a future in tennis? Yeah, I think that um, it just helped me, like the skills, the the movement, 
um, being part of like a, the team too for for hockey. I played basketball in high school. Um, I would every sport that I could possibly play, I did, and I think it's just it. There's a wide range of movements, the coordination, um, just being able to do different things really helped develop as a tennis player. And I felt confident that athletically I would be able to compete at that level. And I really liked the, the, the team aspect of a lot of those sports. And that's why when I got into college, it was just amazing. I, I just absolutely loved the four years I got to play or a great coach, John Nelson, a really good team. Um, my senior year, we we're very, very strong and uh, I just think that that kind of camaraderie and, uh, you know, tennis is kind of a lonely sport. So um, being able to play college tennis and getting that experience was just amazing. And that's how uh, my, I run my academy. I, I train these kids. The whole purpose is to be able to go there and play college tennis, whether it's a club tennis team or you're fortunate enough to go to, you know, and play varsity tennis at these schools. I think the kids just it's just an amazing experience for these kids to have. And I really want them to be able to enjoy it just like I did for my four years. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, can you touch a little bit on this whole idea of, you know, now parents say, well, there's no way my kid can play multiple sports because tennis is all consuming. They've got to be out there every single day. They've got to be playing tournaments every single weekend or they're going to fall behind their peers. How do you answer that? Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, it's it's this kind of fear of missing out, you know, if somebody yeah. plays a tournament and they do okay and you didn't play the tournament and you went and played a soccer tournament or something. Um, you know, it's it's tough to combat. It's just that I think you have to trust, you know, that that you're kind of doing the right thing. And, and people, you see all these uh, professional tennis players, they can take like a year off tennis and come back and just be amazing, right? And that's the same thing you've seen a lot of juniors where they take a bunch of time off and they come back and they kind of pick up just where they left off. So it's, you know, I have the thing where I try to let them know that I have you know, I don't think that overtraining is a, a good thing. And I, it's more for me about these people saying, you know, you have to spend six hours on the court a day. And that is not my philosophy at all. Um, all my kids uh, have been just regular school, traditional school. So it's tough, you know, you get off school at three o'clock, or if they have independent PE, they get off a little earlier. Um, but that everybody has been, you know, traditional school and focus on getting good grades. And, and I think that they can, they have been doing really well. So a lot of them have been to the top, top schools. And so, and they played probably a lot less tennis than some of the other people. So you can definitely be successful. It's just like how you spend the time on the court. So six hours on the court, if, if it's not productive, you, you're going to get a lot more out of being in there for an hour and a half and really being focused and training hard and and enjoying it. By, by the time you have six hours, I mean, even when I played, it was like that I didn't want to be out there for that long. Sure. And 
and I love the sport. So, you know, you just start wearing your body down, um, all those kind of things. And I'd, I also like to tell them, you know, the pros now you see how much time they spend in the gym and not on the court. Mm-hmm. Right. They really try to limit their time on the tennis court because it does break down the body. So they, they need to be able to be in there and keep their body strong and prevent injuries. And that's another thing. So, you know, it's you, you try to some parents are going to be a little bit more receptive than others. And, you know, but it's a it's tough. Like anything, you feel like if they're like on the tennis court, you know, they're getting better. But that's right. not always the case. Right. And I think, you know, finding that balance is crucial, not only, as you mentioned, for injury prevention, but also for preventing burnout, which is, you know, it's a terrible thing to see your kid work so hard for five, six, seven years, and then all of a sudden decide they hate tennis and want to quit. It's heart wrenching. It it totally is. And that's why, like, when I talk to, I try to keep in contact with all the players that have come through the academy and they're, you know, at these great schools and they'll be like, oh man, I miss our doubles game that we had there where we have all the guys out to get guys and girls out there together. Uh, and it was just this group. And so this, you know, keeping it fun is, is the key. Like that is so important for them to just want to be out there and want to play and want to compete. Um, because the burnout is it's terrible to especially when you yeah. go and uh, even like for a parent that spends so much time and and dedication and driving all over the place that like it's a lot of commitment from a parent and then you know when you're 17 or 18 you don't want to play anymore it's 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 tough for for everybody so sure you you definitely want to keep it fun and keep having, you know, the kids got to enjoy it. And it's got to come from the kid. That's where my main thing is that this, it's all about the kid. And and for a tennis parent, your job is to support them, whatever they need. It is a lot of work and, you know, a lot of dedication from the parent. Um, But they have to be there supporting the kid and the kid leading it. So sometimes when you have the other way around, it's tough for the, the kid ends up at the end when they can make more decisions themselves, then they choose to walk away from it. And that's sad from my point of view. Absolutely. And I, I want to mention too, that, you know, you talked about how all of the kids that you work with go to regular school. Yeah. Um, the kids you work with are also playing the top level tournaments. These are not, kids that are playing level five, six, seven events. These are kids that are playing level one events, ITFs, um, really high level events. And they're doing that while staying in traditional school. Yeah, we've got a lot of gold balls and silver balls and national championships. And the kids are amazing. They and they get remarkable grades. Right. Um, so it, that's what I love to see. They're they're being the full package. I think you know, for me, it's academics first. You know, you've got to anybody can get injured. Uh, the pro tour is is impossible. Brutal. Mind, <laughs> Brutal. <yeah>. Brutal. <laughs> right. And so you know, the schooling is is the key, and to be able to go to school um, socially and be able to interact with 
you know, all the kids, you're getting all those social skills, you know how to, you know, be a bunch around a different bunch of people, I think is a huge skill just going forward in life. So um, going to school is very important. And they, they've been extremely successful. So it's a hats off to all these kids, because, you know, you've got to be able to juggle your time, you know, got to be able to do homework. I have lots of kids that are like, I can't come to practice today because I've got to test this or I've got to study for this or I've got APs and all, you know, how it is. And and the academics lead the way. So right. that that's the preference. And then, you know, these kids, maybe it helps too, where, you know, that when you're playing, you don't play as much and, and you're there and, and I'd, maybe there's not as much pressure because you know you've got the academics to, to uh, fall back on. But either way, I'm, you know, it, it definitely can be done going to traditional schooling for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I've chatted with some of your players and, you know, heard things like, yeah, you know, I don't travel for tournaments because I've I'm taking three AP classes this year and, you know, I just don't have the time to do that. Or, you know, my school comes first, as you said. Um, But yet, you know, they're making it into the Easter Bowl. They're making it into, you know, these L1 events because when they do play, they're so focused and they're so well prepared that they're able to get into these events and do well. Yeah, it's great to see. I think that that's, you know, there's always different pathways that people can take to find success in tennis or or other sports. But I think this is, uh, you know, the traditional schooling is a good way for kids to have be well rounded and and you know you're looking to see how these kids are at 25, 30, 35 years old, you know, and like some of the kids that I've had that have come through the program uh, went to Ivy League schools, played there, and they've got jobs in New York City and just doing extremely well in life you know, and then, and, mm-hmm. and really love the, the tennis part of it. They still play tennis, but to me, that's where, you know, I get a lot of pride out of seeing how they develop as a, a really good human being as well. All right. They've played the tennis and it really helped them, you know, being on a tennis court, playing these matches. I think it's a great sport because it just teaches you how to problem solve. You're out there all alone and uh, you've got it. There's a lot of setbacks. you normally lose every tournament right there's very few you just every time you go even if you have a great tournament you lose in the final you still lost so you have this huge disappointment and you've got to be able to grow from it and you can't let it get you down and i think when you're going out into the real world it it really helps you be successful so yeah for sure it builds resiliency and and yeah absolutely So you keep talking about this pathway thing. Um, And so I want to kind of hone in on that. And the fact that one of the things that makes our sport so challenging is that there is not one pathway that fits every kid or every family, right? And figuring out what the appropriate pathway is for each kid and each family is one of the challenges that I would guess you as the coach 
feel on a daily basis, right? You're interacting with these families and trying to help them figure out the best pathway for their situation. What are some of the factors that you consider when you're advising families on the pathway that they should go down? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the kid themselves. I mean, uh, my pathway obviously is to play a ton of sports, um, develop the athlete. We do ultimate Frisbee and soccer and all that kind of stuff at, at my place. So that's kind of what, how I teach it, but there, you know, there are different pathways. And if there are a a kid that just is like has a bunch of talent or, you know, just really wants to do it themselves and they're only focused on tennis, then I would advise them maybe a different pathway. It probably wouldn't be with me, but you know, that, that like you said, there are so many different ways to do it at my club in Pacific beach. We had a kid that um, was a, certainly a different pathway, no junior tennis whatsoever. <laughs> Um, and really great kid. It went just a completely different route and is ended up winning Kalamazoo 18s as a 15 or 16 year old. I don't even know. So and, and the, there's no kind of right way to do it. It's for the kid, for that particular kid. Um, it was the right pathway for him. So mm-hmm. that, that's you know, that was great and so happy for him that everything worked out and he's trying to do the pro tour and I hope so much that he makes it, but it's just tough, like with injuries and um, everybody's so good out there. So again, going back to the pathway, I my pathway is that you try to play as many sports as you can and, you know, see that tennis, by the time that you're, you know, 12, 13 years old, you should know kind of which sport you want to go into. And then you start trying to focus on that sport and you can still play other sports. Like I said, I, I played basketball in high school, played badminton. I kept playing uh, hockey as my in my freshman year at high school. So that is, you know, just something that you you want to continue on that uh, athletics and, you know, sports, multiple sports, if you can. And then um, definitely going through and, and trying to get to a, a place where if, you know, Division One college is your goal, then, you know, that's going to be a different pathway than some people that uh, want to just, you know, play junior tennis or play club tennis and in college even these club tennis teams are becoming more and more oh my gosh in college yeah unbelievable at some of the schools yeah yeah so that like i have another student who who could have played a varsity at a certain school and they chose to play club tennis just because they wanted to to just focus on the academics and uh right now they're going to med school just a, an amazing kid as well so, and they're just, they're doing so well in, in life. And that's just, it's, it's so nice to see. So every pathway is different and, you know, the, uh, the kid kind of should decide it. If you're, the kid is wanting to, uh, you really go and focus on the, uh, pro tour. Um, I would definitely have a few conversations with them about what to expect and, all that stuff, tried to persuade them to to go the college route, but 
everyone is different and you can sure. have success in a lot of ways. Sure. So if a family comes to you for the first time, they, they call and say, Hey, we want to come out and check out your program and see if we're the right fit for each other. What are some of the things you're looking for in a player and in the whole family structure to determine if your program would be the best fit for them? The first thing that I look at is whether the kid is really into tennis himself um, and really wants to be out there and kind of has the so-called love of the game. That is just uh, being able to work hard um, and ability to kind of receive instruction and, you know, that it's a good fit in the group. I've been really, really lucky over the years of all these kids. They, they get along well together and it's like a little family. So um, that's important that all the, the kids get along together and that the parents get along together and so that it's a real good group. And that makes it where everybody can learn quicker, right? The ability to to learn and pick up things really makes a difference. If you're out there and you're having to be told 10 or 12 times the same thing, we're not going to make the same progress as we can if, if you're picking it up after the first time. So I really look for that, you know, the, the kid wanting it themselves. And, and usually when the kid really wants it, um, I think that the structure of the program can let the par- the parents can really see, you know, what the uh, structure is and they kind of fall in line. It, it's kind of like a culture and they can, you know, they kind of step right into to what's accepted or what's the norm at the place that they're training. What is the parent's role in your opinion? I think it just uh, to be supportive and, you know, for my parents that they, there was no, they had no idea about tennis. So they're brand new tennis parents, but they were amazing and just super supportive. I, everything was my own. I I did everything myself. I, I signed up for ITF tournaments at the time. There's no computers and that's how I, I got into it. I really wanted to do it myself. I graduated high school a year early so that I could come to California and train, tried the uh, futures tour out. And it was something that I really wanted to do. And they obviously, my dad was a professor at a university. So academics were a lot more important than me playing tennis. So, but they were very supportive. I, I know that uh, my mom did not want me to go all the way to California being her baby son. <laughs> Uh, their last one. I know that feeling. Yes. Right. She did not want me to leave, but she, they were just incredibly supportive. They drove me to tournaments uh, more than I'm sure they wanted to. Um, and, but, you know, I'm sure my dad wanted to give me a bunch of tips of how to play better, but uh, he refrained and, and kind of let me take it on my own. And that's how I think that, you know, the best tennis parent is someone that really can uh, support their kid as it's a lot of work for sure, but it's just, you know, giving them the opportunity and how much they want it. A great parent is there for their kid all the time. And, uh, I, I think that it's a, in a supporting role that the more as a kid, um, you know, becomes independent for me, that's a big thing. 
you know, like where the parent is not putting on the kid's sunscreen and you know, they're not carrying their bags. I and, hope that stopped by age 10, right? I hope so. You, you'd be surprised. You know, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyways, and you know, and I, my thing is that these kids try to take care of their own tennis as they get like into high school. They're, I, want the kids to be able to know the tournaments and be able to sign up and themselves and, and instead of having the, the, te- the parents control the schedules because I think then it, it just it become, puts a little bit more ownership on the child themselves. Sure. It's really important and, and hopefully that takes a, a little bit of the pressure off of it because you're doing it yourself. This is for you. Right. Right. And it's just so important that these kids, it's it's all about them, you know. And I know everybody, I've been a tennis parent where, you know, you go there and you see your kid lose or you see the kid being cheated and you want to get involved. You know, everybody's been there, but you have to like take a step back and and it's hard, but that's the right way to do it. I, I remember vividly uh, a match that uh, was being played at my club and it was a kind of a contentious match. It was really, it was like seven, six and a third. And the one kid had a bunch of match points and the other kid uh, ended up coming back and winning it. And the dad ran onto the court after the match. And it was kind of contentious, not between the parents, but between the kids. And he just goes up there and he gives his case kids almost in tears and the kid he gives him a big high five and he says unbelievable match goes over to the other kid oh it's great to watch this match really good guys great tennis out there gives this kid a big hug um you know and that's not where i thought your story was going at all i'm so glad that it went that way yeah so it was just it was great to see like this parent coming out there and the kid just the relationship between the parent and the kid was amazing. Mm. Right. And that's where I, my thing is just to let these kids play the tennis and and the the parents can watch and, and step back and, and hopefully enjoy, you know, either with your kid wins or loses, it's just the fact that, you know, they're going out there and you're just supporting your kid. And I think later in life, I think your kid, remembers that this kid is definitely going to remember how his dad didn't go on the court and go oh my gosh how could you lose that you had like three match points what are you doing right it was it was a great way to react and and it takes a lot from the parent because you know even for me uh, that would be hard for me to go right that's just reality but uh, I think that when we make it all about the kids I think it's a lot better you mentioned that you want your players that you coach to be the ones choosing the tournaments they play, yeah. signing up for the tournaments. What is your role as the coach in terms of guiding them and making suggestions and making sure that they are signing up for the appropriate level of tournaments and the appropriate number of tournaments? Yeah. So I try to go through every one of my students and try to go over like a plan goals that they have uh, for development, um, goals that they have for tournaments, and going through like a schedule like that I would uh, suggest with them. 
And so I usually have them try to give their sample schedule and I have mine and then we go over it together and see, you know, what if something needs to be taken out. Um, A lot of the times I ask the player, you know, so I would say, you know, traveling all the way to Georgia to play a level one or to play out to Alabama, is that worth it for you? Or, you know, is it better for you to train here? And I let the kid say, like, I, if they go, I really want to play this tournament, like I want to play, then that's the right decision because they really want to play it. If the kid goes, oh, my gosh, I don't really want to play, you know, I, it's a level one, though. I think I should. Then that's it tells me right there that it's better for them to stay home and, and train or uh, even hang out with their friends and go to the beach. Yeah. I think that's important too. So right. you know, you've, you've got to have some, you know, mix of, of fun in there as well outside the tennis court. How important are ratings and rankings in your opinion? And at what age, I mean, does it change based on the age of the player? It definitely changes on the age because like I said, my goal for all these kids is to have that experience of playing in college in some form or another. So uh, when you're 17, 18 years old, it's hard to say that the rankings and ratings don't matter, right? Because right. you're getting accepted into a college. Um, earlier than that, it means absolutely nothing. You know, so it, like a great 12-year-old, that's awesome for that 12-year-old. Um, and you're number one in the country, but you know, the other 10 or 12 players might not have even played a tournament, uh, you know, that are, that are really the best 12 and under in the country. So mm. I don't think that matters at all, but you know, when you are going to get closer to get into college, then it does make a difference. And, you know, these UTRs for colleges are very, uh, you know, the college coaches, they're, they have a lot of, uh, well, they feel a lot of importance in those numbers. So yeah. that, that's, it's definitely once you get a little bit older and when you want to have those goals and, you know, the importance on ranking is becomes a definitely, a, a definitely more, there's more onus on what have, what are those numbers are. Sure. Sure. What do you feel is your role as the junior coach in the college recruiting process? Um, basically, for me, um, I've always been pretty much uh, hands off. Obviously, the, I've been really lucky that these a lot of my kids have been sought after. So it's basically going through, you know, the right fit for the um you know the player and so just asking them what they want and knowing you know what schools provide different things for for people mm-hmm. but um you know i just usually at a like even now for my players that are freshmen and sophomore i ask them what type of school are you thinking of you know what are you thinking of strictly academics? Are you thinking of a mixture of both? Are you interested in a big school with big football teams and sports to have a really good time? Or, you know, everybody's different. So I think it's really important um, early to find out what type of school they are really going to thrive at. 
and then try to direct them to that. My whole thing is, is getting these kids, usually I have them from like the sixth grade all the way to where they go to college. So mm -hmm. I've gotten to know these kids for a long time and have a, a strong relationship with them. So I wanna make sure that they go to the right place. And so those are just asking questions about where you want to go. But as far as like, like trying to track down coaches and right. that, I, I don't, I stay out of that process. Yeah, good. I, I mean, I kind of figured that was your outlook on yeah. it. I, you know, I'm a huge proponent of letting the kids own the recruiting process. I think, totally. you know, the decision has to be 100% theirs with parameters, of course, put in place by the parents, you know, whether those are financial parameters or geographic totally. or whatever. But once everybody's on the same page about, you know, what the the limits are, then the final decision absolutely has to be on the player. And it's interesting because, you know, we hear stories of junior coaches who really do kind of insert themselves in that process in terms of making phone calls and, you know, inviting college coaches out to watch kids play and things like that. And, you know, I, I mean, teach his own, but in my right. opinion, um, yeah, I agree with you. The kids need to really be doing the work there. And it's it's an incredible learning opportunity for them. Yes, I couldn't so. agree more. I, I I probably would even take it a further step where you just the kids. It's all got to be the kids. And, yeah. But I agree with you completely. So for the parents out there, because this is Parenting Aces, um, <laughs> What is some advice that you would share with parents of players just getting started in the game to kind of help them figure out how to manage this whole junior development process from the parent side so that they set themselves up and set their kids up to have a successful experience in our sport? Yeah, I think the main thing is just the the education for the parents and knowing that if they haven't played tennis uh, growing up, then um, kind of the process, just educating on the process that it is, that it's a long journey. You know, when you have a, your younger, the kid that you want to invest the time in having them learn the proper technique when they're young and not focusing on results at all. You just want to make sure that, first of all, that the kid's having a lot of fun and enjoying really going to tennis and playing tennis. And then as they get more into it and, and that the kid becomes more invested, then it can become more serious. But definitely the start is just getting the right foundation, getting to, uh, together where you know, your kid in a place where they have a coach that I believe is like a good role model for the kid um, that the, they can look up to and really, you know, has your kid's best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. And that is going to that relationship can can really grow. And that it's just putting the kid in the right position to succeed and, and be happy where they are. And, uh, and then I think, you know, the sky's the limit from there. What should the relationship be between the tennis parent and the tennis coach? That's a hard one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, it, it's, that's what I asked. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, uh, we for at my place, all the parents are are at like the barns. They all like talk to each other. 
I mean, um, they, and I think that one of the, the main thing is just that the, the coach and the, the parent has a good dialogue, good communication of mm-hmm. what the parent, you know, the, the coach is telling them what they're working on. I, I talk to the, the parents all the time because they're the ones that are always with the kid. Right. So in order for the development to happen, I always tell the parents, "Okay, we're working on this when you at the tournament, you know what, please tell me if they're doing what we have been working on, you know, and I uh, value the feedback from the parents uh, for sure, because it really helps me, you know, continue to progress with the development of the player. And so that open dialogue is really important uh, you know, with the parent and the parent has to have the trust in the, the coach um, so that the parent isn't telling the player something different than the coach right. is telling, you know, so. Right. But yeah, the, the parents, the, they're just a lot of them, you know, it's, it's difficult because you, you know, you invest so much time in it and that's the, the thing. And then the, when results don't happen or the kid has, you know, a couple setbacks, that's where, again, the coach and the parent have to have this open dialogue and understand the process that, you know, everything can't be a uphill, that there's going to be some, you know, setbacks and then be able to move forward from there. Without divulging any personal information, um, have you ever had to talk a parent off the ledge with the tennis? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> That definitely have a more often than <laughs> than you would, but uh, again, just I, I like to approach it where you kind of can put yourself in in their shoes, and mm-hmm. and I think that I've been very successful talking with the parents because you kind of can sympathize with them and then talk them through the say, hey, we got to take a step back from this, you know, in, in the whole scheme or the realm of things, this is not super important. Right. So, you know, we do, we put a lot into it, but, um, you know, let's kind of talk this through and see how this is affecting your kid, all that kind of stuff. So the, the communication is really, really important when, when coaches, um, can really convey that message, to the parents and the parents are willing to listen, then um, I think a lot of those things uh, can be rectified. But obviously there's always situations in anything. So I've, sure. I've come from uh, hockey. So you get a ton of, every sport has these sort of things. And a lot of times is when parents just get really involved and and that's the thing. You, you, I've had times with with my kid where they're playing a match, and I'm like, "Holy smokes! You just got to step, like, just step yeah. back, like, you know, either I was getting nervous or whatever, and I was just like, you, this is you just step back.' So as soon as you can do that, then I, I think it's helpful. Well, and I think it's important for parents to hear what you just said that even as a an experienced player yourself, an experienced yeah. coach yourself, when you put your parent hat on and you're Absolutely. there watching your kid, yeah. it doesn't, it's not just easy because you've come up in this sport. You still yeah. have to work on this yourself. Absolutely. So 
parents yeah. need to kind of cut themselves a little slack and hopefully, you know, be able to communicate with their children. And, and this is something we've talked about many times on Parenting Aces is, you know, this notion that you're not going to be perfect as a tennis yeah. parent, you're gonna mess up. Right. So the key is to acknowledge when you've messed up, to acknowledge it to your player and yeah. to apologize for it and ask for some grace and yeah. and learn from oh. it and move forward, right? Totally, yeah. I mean, just as a regular parent, I mess up. So I'm definitely sure. as a you wouldn't parent, be human if you did. Right, exactly. Yeah. So again, it's just kind of being able to step back. I think as and just say, oh, that's you know. That's you don't need to do that. You know, don't need to get that involved or um, just situations like that. But yes, everybody, you know, as a tennis parent, you have to learn as well. As a coach, I'm learning all the time. Everybody's personality that you work with is different. And, you know, one thing that used to work for five or six kids won't work for that kid. So you've Mm -hmm. got to figure out how to to motivate that that kid. And, you know, you've got to try to make them understand and and learn the process of it. So my my coaching philosophy is is to make sure that I'm not like coaching at the kid that the the kid is is understanding the information and can tell me what they're working on, right? Because in a match you've got to be able to problem solve. So yeah. I need to know what the kid is thinking and how they they miss that shot. Why do they think they missed the shot? How could they do it better next time? And just for them to be thinking and and learning, but the the ability to learn and and how quickly you can pick things up, that's the key. So as a coach, you're you're trying to facilitate that learning process within the child. Sure. And you know, one thing I I would love to touch on too, because I I think um, you have coached siblings, and you know. Even if you've already, as a parent, you've been through this process with one child, it doesn't mean the process for the next child is going to look the same, right? Absolutely. From the parent side and from the coaching side. Right. Yes. I had a bunch of siblings, all the fantastic families, and the kids couldn't have been more different. Right. And so it is quite, you know, it's just making sure that, uh, what's right for both of the kids and the situations I've been in, the parents were just fantastic. And they, all of them have said, you know, this kid's on a different journey than this other kid, you know, they're my other child. So um, that's great when the parents can recognize that. And, you know, it really gives the kids an opportunity to grow and feel like they're not, you know, kind of squeezed into this certain pathway or if one child you know, has a really good ranking and the other doesn't, you know, everybody's got a different pathway and, and you want them to come out happy and, you know, the feeling that they did the best they could. Right. Right. So Steve, if people are interested in getting more information about you and your Academy, um, do you do camps? Do you have kids come train with you on spring break and things like that? Or, or what's the best way for them to find out more? Um, well, I have a Instagram account, the, the, uh, at Steve Adamson tennis Academy, um, and, uh, the Barnes tennis center has, uh, a lot of the information on the programs that, uh, we run there. So we offer different, 
summer programs from uh, the kids from all over the country come and, and train and play. So it's a fantastic facility that uh, we have down there. So it's nice to uh, have all these kids come and have an opportunity to see it and train there. Absolutely. And and I will attest to how fabulous it is. And we know that uh, Ryan Redondo does an amazing job running the Barnes Tennis Center and oh bringing God, events. And he's yeah. amazing. The guy is uh, it's just a pleasure to work with him. He's so professional and so passionate about uh, the game. And uh, we're really lucky. I'm lucky that our visions and views align uh right on so we're thinking the same way and he just wants to bring the best of that uh we can offer so having he brought those tournaments in and just the uh, passion he has for the youth tennis and and growing the sport is it's awesome and his connection in the community is you know really benefits barnes and i would venture to save benefits steve adamson tennis academy as well absolutely um, the san diego community loves tennis and yeah. Yeah. comes out well pre-covid um <laughs> come or, and, and hopefully after covid comes out in force to support anything that's happening tennis wise in the area it's really cool to see yeah it's great it is yeah well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. I hope I'm going to see you. Well, by the time this airs, the Pac-12 championships will be over, but hopefully I'll see you this weekend at Definitely. the championships. And um, yeah, I, I really look forward to getting to know some of the kids that you're training. I've I met a few at the Easter Bowl and, and the ITF the week before, but um, looking forward to, to meeting even more of them and watching their careers develop. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. And to my audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.